You are listening to Muslim in Moderation, discussions on minority culture, identity and politics with Ali Ahmed. Welcome to episode 17 of the podcast. Several past episodes have explored what the future might look like for Western Muslim society and culture. But Maya Angelou once said, you can't really know where you're going until you know where you've been. So how do you know where you've been? One way is through an archive. An archive is a collection of historical documents or records that provide information about a place or a group of people. They contain the primary sources for narratives, academic research, and artistic works. They are the building blocks of a story, one that includes immigrants coming to a new land, setting down roots, and the vibrant communities that emerged. This episode features Mosca Roque, a digital humanities research fellow tasked with coordinating the Muslims in Canada Archive, or MICA, at the Institute of Islamic Studies at the University of Toronto. Mosca and I had a great conversation about MICA, how it will address diversity in the Muslim community, what types of things will be included, and how it compares to Muslim archive projects in the US and the UK. But I started by asking her what the objectives of MICA were. Here's Mosca. So around 2018, the Institute of Islamic Studies at the University of Toronto and various community organizational partners and university partners, they sort of came together. They had a consultation, a community consultation, and determined that, you know, an archive would be a solution to the lack of primary sources on Muslims in Canada. And it would make a, it would allow for a space for new storytelling initiatives. So for a very long time, Canadian Muslim communities, um, have had their stories, their representations and identities shaped by mainstream media and media that's overwhelmingly like non-Muslim and often surrounded by narratives of like war, violence, Islamophobia, et cetera, et cetera. So this, so MICA, the Muslims in Canada Archives, is meant to be sort of vehicle to talk back to such narratives, um, to take back our representation and create a, a more diverse, uh, robust Representative account of Muslims in Canada. We aim to be a physical and digital archive that will house and preserve records that document the activities, lives, and experiences of self-identifying Muslims, Muslim organizations, and Muslim families. Yeah, there's a huge scope for things to talk about. I mean, one of the things that I've been thinking about across my project is that, you know, Muslims are a religious group rather than a cultural group. Yes. And I come across that tension all the time because a lot of the guests that I've had on have been predominantly from, uh, let's say, the South Asian community. And that's really through no design. It's, it's just the way things have worked out. But I worry about it skewing far too much towards one community rather than the other community and how representative uh, I'm being. And so I wonder how the archive is going to take on that challenge because, you know, Muslim identity and cultural identity are heavily intertwined, but each cultural group has its own unique markers, their own unique dynamic. How are you going to fit this wide diversity within the, of the Canadian Muslims within the archive? That's a really great question. I obviously recognize the myriad of identities that exist within Muslim communities. And as an archive that's community-centered, we partly rely on the community to connect with us, um, donate their records, and in this way sort of create its own representation to allow the documentary heritage, the records, activities, and histories to kind of organically emerge as people donate. 
in this way, the community will ultimately be shaping the archive and its representations as they choose to or choose not to donate. On our end, we have identified there is a pressing need to begin making connections and acquiring donations of records from elders in our community. Mm -hmm. So especially those that are, you know, nearing the end of their lives and are thinking about, a lot of them actually are thinking about writing books and memoirs about their lives. We are committed to prioritizing the records of and about historically minoritized identities within Muslim communities. So this includes, you know, minority sects, women, refugees, indigenous, black, queer, non-binary youth and gender non-conforming Muslims in Canada as well. One way to kind of ensure that we attempt to be as representative as, as possible uh, is through the wonderful partnerships we have with many Muslim-led community organizations. So they have huge audiences and memberships, and they've been here for years and years and years, way before us, of course, and they've been very helpful so far um, to allow us to reach as many people as possible as well. One of the things that I was thinking about in terms of getting back to your point about what's worth including into the mm -hmm. archive is, you know, would the focus be on immigrants to Canada establishing their Muslim identity within Canada? So that's talking about building the first mosques mm. or uh, the first Muslim cemetery, uh, different places where, you know, mm -hmm. perhaps the Eid festivities took place and, right. and other rituals that are relevant to the religion. And then thinking about, on the other hand, are Muslims who've started to, say, adopt Canadian culture in a in a different yeah. way. So, for example, you might have people playing floor hockey inside of mosque gyms. Or the other thing I was thinking about, so one of the things that we used to do in Edmonton was that, you know, the evening get-together place towards the night where people would go to Tim Hortons and have coffee and donut, <laughs> donuts till late in the evening because that was the alternative for Muslims to Canadians typically do in the evenings. And so that was very much a part of the kind of the Muslim youth experiences. How, how's, what's the approach? What, what makes it in the archive? Is, is the priority on the first, on the latter? Is it everything, anything? Yes, it is everything. We're ensuring that the entire Muslim experience in Canada is captured. Of course, if you are self-identifying Muslim and you have photos of yourself going to Tim Hortons at 12 a.m. with your friends, and that's a an experience for you, that is a lived experience of your own, of course, that can make it into the archive. We don't want to limit what it means to be Muslim in Canada because that's very subjective to, uh, to each person themselves. And we are not here to choose in that way, what a Canadian Muslim means or how they look like or what they do. It's very much up to a person who is self-identifying as a, as a Muslim in Canada. The reason we're so broad is because I, I, as the archivist of Micah, I cannot know how people live. And I'm not the judge here to, to tell you how a Muslim in Canada should live. So both, I think, is great. And both have different audiences too, right? The first one I was, you know, about you know, our kind of ritualistic practices in Canada that might be more interesting to some folks um, versus others who may be interested in seeing those photos in Tim Hortons. Um, I could venture a guess that maybe my descendants or something or your descendants might then love to see their great-great-grandmother going to Tim Hortons and seeing old family photos in the archive, for example. And then other people might be more interested in seeing the ritualistic practices of Muslims in 2020. It's, uh, it's interesting. There'll be a lot of sorting, I'd imagine. Yes. 
yes, I have a lot of work cut out for me yet. I noted that there are similar archive projects in the U.S. and in the U.K., and I spent some time looking at the U.K. archive, and one of the things that they were focusing on was that how early Muslim immigrants had set up corner shops as uh, as one of their first kind of business mm. ventures and showing the history of that and how it developed and the tropes and stereotypes that developed along from that. And um, and I, I found that really interesting, uh, and, and I looked at the U.S. archive as well, and I was wondering, I know it's early days, but how you would imagine the Canadian archive would be different than these other Western Muslim archives? Right. So in the States, they do have like multiple small regional archival initiatives initiatives focused on Muslim lives. Um, So Muslim lives like in Portland, for example, focus in Portland or in a certain city or like a region. And those are often connected to universities. So I think um, one of the ones you looked at probably was connected to the, the University of Indiana. But they also have the Islamic Heritage Museum and Cultural Center. So this one is probably the closest to what we're trying to do in Micah. So um, the Islamic Heritage Museum is sort of tries to be the like the one platform, the centralizing platform for Muslim lived experiences. And it is a museum and an archive and oral history project. So it is a multiple things at once. And then for the UK, the one I do know about, like you mentioned, is the Everyday Muslim Project, which is also similar to how, um, it's probably the closest to how MICA runs as well, or how I want it to run in the future. I think that one difference definitely between MICA and these different organizations is that they are nonprofit organizations. They are are alone organizations on their kind of their own they also have partners and that's different from us because we are we are born out of a university a uh, university institute specifically the institute of islamic studies and this kind of uniquely positions us to be able to leverage the university's strength and their expertise for mica which has been really great we've had really great uh, relationships with the uh, university of toronto libraries group and uh, the librarians and archivists there and so that's been really really wonderful to be able to leverage but but at the same time we're also we're also here for like uh, we're, we're also community centered as well so we are, we're also uh trying to balance the, the needs of the community as well as making sure we follow uh, archival best practices and for me i do envision micah to touch on topics like the one that you mentioned that the everyday muslim project is doing bringing up topics from the collections and and highlighting those collections like they're doing the corner shops for example there's another wonderful digital archive in in the u.s called the south asian american digital archive who did a a smaller sub project sort of focused on like the first days of muslim immigrants so like their first photograph or their first the first document they received so um, i would love to be able to that do to that kind of themed exhibit work to, uh, to focus on certain topics like this and I also hope for it to be a very educational space. I do wish I could go into, I mean, obviously it's not possible right now, but do wish I could go into classrooms, bring these primary sources with me and uh, be able to teach young kids about archives and um, also the history of Muslims um, in Canada. I'd love to be able to also engage with artists, be able to have artists use the archival collections that we do have and create some sort of visual or performative 
history um, or, or storytelling piece through the collections. So I do have a lot of a lot of ideas in mind that I, I hope Micah to become. For now, we do need to focus on um, acquiring collections and acquiring records so that these programming aspects can happen. Well, it sounds great. And so is, is this something that um, the final product, is that something that's open to the public or is this mainly for researchers with certain elements being exhibited? So how was, what does the, the final version look like? We hope to have like a diverse user base. So but this is not meant to be just for historians or researchers. Of course, historians and researchers um, will use the archive and that's that's a given. Uh, we do want to make sure that the archive is sort of available to the public. If we want to make sure that uh, we engage the community as much as possible, because it's really the community members that are donating their collections, and we do owe owe that to them. We're here to serve. We're here to be caregivers to their records. It's really their presentation that we're honored to be able to hold and and preserve. Thank you for listening to Muslim in Moderation. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and give it a rating. A new episode will be out monthly. For guest profiles, episodes and show notes, visit www.musliminmoderation.com.